You are listening to Creating Phenomenal for Your Life, episode number 52, Money. This is Creating Phenomenal for Your Life. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a lover of learning, a life and weight loss coach, and a family medicine doctor. This podcast is about mindset. What contributes to a life that thrives versus one that is stuck? We'll talk about many things, some related to coaching, some related to health, and some related to your questions, thoughts, and prompts. The ultimate goal of this podcast is to celebrate where we're at and give form to where we're going in our perfectly imperfect journey to a phenomenal life. And give high fives along the way. Thanks for being here. Welcome back. Did you know the anniversary podcast is going to be in two weeks? One full year of podcasting. I'm so excited. I invited my son to be part of the celebration. Like, hey, I can interview you. No. You can interview me. No. (laughs) He's just not having it. At least not yet. (laughs) He's a senior in high school and we are down to one of everything left. One football season, one Thanksgiving, one Christmas, one spring break. I've been thinking in these terms to really just savor the moment, savor the experience, and maximize the experience too. I don't want to get by. I don't want things to be mediocre or okay. It's really just not the language. It's not what I believe in. I want them to be phenomenal. If we've got one, let's make it an amazing one. (laughs) Speaking of which, I am savoring. It's the last weekend in June and the summer is flying by. Is it for you as well? I am so thankful for every day, for the spaciousness, the freedom that summer brings, the joy that it brings. And I hope you're experiencing your version of this, however it looks for you. Today, how about we talk about money? Money. Let's just start there. Say it out loud. How do you feel? Like, where does your mind go? Seriously, pause, take a pen and paper out and write it down. Whatever is coming up for you, how you feel, what you think, that combination, the frustration, because that's either your fuel for growth or the brick wall that's in front of you that you keep hitting your head against. So what's going to help you grow or what's going to keep you from growing just in thinking about money? That's your starting place. We all have a relationship with money and it doesn't take much to bring out that relationship, particularly to the dysfunction to bring it out and put it right in front of us. Lately, I've been asking very detailed questions of others to really find out how my practices, how they're comparing, and not in a comparison way that somebody loses, but really just in a way of, this is how I've been thinking about it, this is how I've been planning for it or practicing it. How does that relate to how others are doing it? To a dear friend, I asked, how much have you saved for your child's college? Not enough. She said, no, really, like, what are the numbers? I know it's edgy. I'm asking for numbers. I'm not judging. I just want to get a sense of where I'm at. And I want to get a sense of what's she thinking? Like, how much is it going to cost? And how is she going to bridge the difference if it's not enough? And I'm working to expand my thinking because college is coming soon. What is your relationship with money like? I'm fascinated with thinking about this from a relationship perspective. Years ago, Craig was a mortuary affairs officer and met with a lot of widows after their spouse had passed away. 
and usually their spouse was a retired army husband. One widow in particular really had no knowledge about the household money, like nothing. She wasn't sure where the money was at, how much there was. She knew that there was a checking account, and Craig helped her work through this. She, she wanted to take a trip and thought maybe she couldn't. She said she had $100. And in working through this, she actually had over $100,000 in her checking account. One account. And this was many years ago, back when the FDIC insurance was $100,000 in a bank. So it was an unusual amount of money to have in a checking account. And thankfully, he was there to reassure her, yes, you have enough. So one example of the relationship, there wasn't one, at least not yet. And it's not a judgment on her. That was her life. That was the dynamic that existed in her relationship. It just meant the relationship with money and her, it wasn't there yet. So she didn't know what the numbers were or what the money could do or what the future was going to look like financially. That wasn't yet her reality. We all know people that have various relationships with money. Like back in college, I had a friend who worked full time and she was in a huge amount of debt. And when we would go out, if she wanted something from the store or she wanted something for her outfit, whatever it was, she looked at which credit card wasn't maxed out and she shopped there. And it didn't matter what the price was. It only mattered how much credit she had and that's what she could spend. That's one relationship with money. On the flip side, there are people with incredible amounts of savings who live like they have nothing, like they can't spend or they won't spend, they have to keep saving. And what's the similarity between these two stories? It's mindset. It's what the individual sees in their life. It's what we see in our lives. It's what we choose to believe. It's where we choose to focus our attention. It's our underlying beliefs of where money comes from. And years and years of learned behavior, right? From our families of origin, what it takes to earn, how we can lose, how we can earn more, what our potential is, mindset, and specifically money mindset. We also have beliefs on what money's for. And if you ask 10 people, you're going to get 10 different answers or what money does or can do. How about this? We have beliefs of what we can talk about in regards to money, like beliefs of what somebody can ask us or should ask us or should never ask us. There's lots of beliefs around that. And that, if you look back to your family of origin, that was probably a lot of discussion or maybe it was no discussion because it's not something we talk about. One person may feel totally comfortable sharing everything about their financial life. And another person may think that they're just bragging. They just want other people to feel bad. So this is all of our underlying beliefs about money. Going back to you, so how do you feel about money? You know how you feel, it's all from your thinking. How do you talk about money or discuss money with others? I think I shared in a different podcast an event that I'm helping to plan. It's going to be an amazing event, an 80s dance party. Like the music, the best music, people, the people that you like all around you, dancing, like a high school dance, but way better because this is only for adults and we have food and we're going to have a bar. (laughs) 
and all the proceeds are going to benefit our local Catholic school. So right now we're in the planning stage that's getting into some of my money beliefs, meaning asking others to contribute financially to this and my discomfort around that, my discomfort with how to ask, who to ask, what to ask, what to ask for, and then how to set ticket prices. What are people willing to pay to attend this event? How many tickets do we want to sell? Do we think they're going to sell? What's the goal amount that we're working to donate? You can see how an event can succeed or fail, right? Just based on the underlying belief systems. If I believe that no one's going to want to donate, then I'm not going to ask or I'm going to do a a wimpy ask and there's no donations. If I believe that everyone's going to want to donate, then it's a no-brainer. I'm going to ask everyone to be part of it and maximize joy. If I believe there's total value in the ticket price, I'm going to promote it differently than if I'm worried that people are going to attend or if I'm worried they're going to say it's too expensive. So one example of a belief system into practice, money is just a tool. For so many years, I believed that money was very difficult to earn and that we never had enough and we had to protect what we had, even if it was very little. Scarcity thinking, focused on saving and sacrificing and that it had to hurt to get ahead. We had to suffer, that it couldn't be any other way. And if you know Craig, then you know he is just the opposite. He is generous. He lives with a belief of abundance and sharing and a belief that he and we have more than enough. When Craig presented the idea of exiting the military, this is now over 10 years ago. Our lives were like this. I had recently finished residency. It was a time for rapid deployment for a lot of military members, and we knew that it wasn't going to be long until I received deployment orders. So he presented the idea because we didn't have a safety net for our son. There were things going on with our, within our families that they couldn't help us out. As much as they wanted to, they couldn't. So we had to make sure that he was taken care of. And Craig was the only one without a commitment at the time. So when he presented that idea, I was absolutely against it. What? Are you kidding? How are we going to make it? I mean, I know this is better. I just finished residency, but... It wasn't enough to replace his income. So out came the scarcity and the fear of change and the focus on how hard it is to earn money and that we're going to lose. That crowded a lot of space in my brain. Try balancing that with a young son that needed a parent, that wanted a parent, that wanted us to be around. He actually thought we were pretty cool back then. So it wasn't just a financial issue, there was an identity issue, but money certainly was involved in making that decision. And thankfully from that place of abundance that Craig presented over and over, we made the best decision in the interest of our family. The relationship with money, it's a one-way relationship, right? Because money's an object. It has no relationship back with us. It has no emotion for us or against us. It's just an object. But it certainly creates a lot within us, like a lot of emotion, a lot of thinking, a lot of perseverating even. 
You may say that you just feel bad about money. You can't go any deeper. You don't know what the thinking is. That's okay. There's probably a lot in there, a lot of thoughts and arguments that have been pushed away that just lead to feeling a certain way. It comes from thinking. It's all mindset. And our beliefs of money, our practices of money are based on how much or if we've moved past fear, doubt, uncertainty, and scarcity. Because that's what blocks abundance. Do you want to be confident with having money? You've got to get past all four of those things. Or with spending money, or saving money, or sharing money, you've got to get past fear, doubt, uncertainty, and scarcity. Because it's difficult to think abundantly when you have no idea what your financial status is. How much money comes in, how much money goes out, where it goes to, how much debt there is. If you can afford to purchase something, like a big purchase. If you can afford to make a change, a big change. It's also hard to think abundantly if you and your spouse have different beliefs and practices about money. It can create a lot of money fights. My scarcity versus my husband's abundance, boy, that was fear-based drama and fighting. Spending drama, like spending to feel good, spending to give in, spending to relieve the drama, except ultimately it created more drama, right? If the belief systems don't change, it just continues to create the same things over and over again. And all of that blocks the ability to see abundance and to see possibility. When you're stuck, when there's a financial mess all around you, You can't possibly imagine things like working part-time, volunteering, donating more, or saving for something amazing, right? Because your mind's going to tell you you could never do that. It's not possible. We have some friends who live in a paid-for house. They drive paid-for cars. They're in their late 30s, and it's a nice paid-for house. If you have a paid-for home, congratulations. You are one of a small percentage of people. If you don't, and we don't, imagine what it would feel like to know that you don't owe anyone anything. Not a bank or a private mortgage insurer or a lender of any sort. Imagine, too, being able to walk up and purchase a house with cash, place an offer and close within a week or two. Imagine all the leverage that you have in negotiating when you're paying cash. Pretty amazing. You can see how money is a tool to move your life quickly if that's what you want to do. So Dave Ramsey says often that the grass feels different when you own your own home. And I imagine it does. I imagine that there's a sense of pride and responsibility, especially with regards to keeping up the home. Today is really about introducing the idea that you can have any relationship with money that you want. It's not too late. It will require an identity shift. It absolutely requires an open mind and the ability to manage discomfort and to see yourself as both the problem, especially if your financial status is less than what you wanted at your age, and to see yourself as the solution. Because what got you here is not going to be what takes you to the next place in your financial life. That is, if you want to grow. 
There's no magic when it comes to money. Nobody wakes up one day and has all the answers and nobody does things perfectly the first time, even if it looks like it from the outside. Just like everything else in life, winning requires examining your belief systems, figuring out which ones are working for you and which ones are working against you, and sorting through all the messages that you have been sold and told that are true from very well-meaning people. All the stuff, getting clean about who you are, getting clear about what your current conditions are, meaning opening the bills, balancing your checkbook, examining your pay stubs, looking at all the accounts, and at how, why, where you spend, and how, why, and where you save. And then being honest, honest with what you really need for a sustainable life, and what's important. Everything cannot be important. And honest and partner with those who are important to you, your spouse or anyone that you have a relationship that involves finances being on the same team, operating with the same belief system so that you win together. It's also being honest and looking at those old creature comforts, the habits, mentally, emotionally, financially, and being willing to give them up. So you can see your relationship with money is really your relationship with yourself first, just like everything else in life. Are you asking, how do I do this? I wouldn't start there. I recommend you start with the question, why? Why do you want to do this? Why does it matter? And what will it lead to? Because you have to see the big picture. You have to see what is possible. If your relationship with money has been challenging, then opening the door to doing something different means that you are about to embark on an adventure that is going to suck before you see the results. And you'll have to go back to your why over and over again to stay the course. Ten years ago, Craig and I cut up our credit cards. It was an emotional experience. It seems so odd that it was, how attached we were to them. Especially our American Express card. I think we were platinum members. And we decided to go only with our debit card. And this is what it translated into. Developing a monthly budget. Communicating about purchases. Deciding what expenses were acceptable and which ones had to go. And setting boundaries on personal spending. And you know what? It sucked. <laughs> My scarcity thinking. No, we're not going to plan for things to break. No, we're not going to replace things. No, we can't. We don't have enough for spending money. We don't have enough. Are you asking yourself this? How did this man stay married to me? I ask myself all the time. <laughs> it's God, and I'm thankful. <laughs> so back to our story. His reassurance was very helpful. It took time and a lot of repetitive conversations and going back to the why. And the first few months, they sucked, and we didn't get it right, and we were frustrated. Things cost more than we budgeted for. There were unexpected expenses, and we kept going back to our why. We wanted to be debt-free. We wanted to use our financial resources differently, to be focused, to save a bunch of money for when I left the military, and to start giving. 
And it was essential to keep going back to that why, that dream, that gift we would give our future self and how it could look. And we didn't quit. We had a solid why. If we focused on how, we would have focused on how uncomfortable it was, especially to say no to ourselves and to each other. And we would have quit. So what is it for you? What is your why? Imagine the life of your dreams. Why do you want that life? What does it look like? What does it feel like? Who's with you? And what role does money play? Is it necessary for you to have that life? Is money involved? What is your relationship with money like now? Is it leading you to the life of your dreams? That's where you start, identifying why it all matters and then what it looks like in detail. What's holding you back? Work there. And you'll start to see how to do it. There are so many ways or systems to help you. That's the how. But you've got to have the why and uncover the what. What is helping? What is harming? Because it doesn't matter which system you use. They all work if you do the work. When I coached weight loss clients, there was a lot of confusion and drama about which nutritional guidance they should follow, which one was going to get them to their ideal weight. They wanted to pick the right one. Should they drink this amount of water or that amount? Should they track their calories or use another way to track the amount of food? And none of that ultimately mattered. It wasn't the system that led to their success. It was aligning beliefs, shedding the old beliefs, especially the ones that led to their current situation, the ones that were not serving them well. What got them to that weight was not going to lead them to their ideal weight. And in fact, it really required shedding the coping mechanisms that led to their current weight, the habits, maybe the neglect of the body, maybe it was loneliness, whatever it was. So money's an object. It's one that can open doors or slam them shut. It's one that can create freedom for you and others or can keep you feeling trapped in situations and jobs and maybe even relationships. So answer why. What is it for you? Why improve or change or optimize or clean up your relationship with money? What does that life of abundance look like? What does freedom look like? Is it a paid off home? Donating a bunch of money? Paying cash for college? Taking a dream trip? What's it going to take to get you there? Do you have to beat yourself up and control your spouse? The old me would have said absolutely yes, there is no other way. The new me knows a lot better. Slow down. Consistently align the beliefs. Partner with my husband. When you get started, if it sucks and you feel awful, then you're doing it right. That means you're starting to shed the old identity and ways of doing things. Losing that, getting rid of that, is what's going to help you keep going in the right direction and stick to your why. You'll know you're there when you get there, and you may not know at any other time before that. We've been saving up a certain amount of money for a specific donation, and it feels good. And we thought, wouldn't it be amazing to 10 times this? 
Think of everything that we can do. It feels amazing. So going back to when we first decided to cut up the credit cards, build a budget, that's when we were moving back to Texas. We were driving in the car from California to Texas. That's when we started the process, and it really sucked because I couldn't run away or shut down. I had to sit there. But those days made for this day, and this day is opening up more ability and capability and more desire to 10x our results. And it's all going to happen by thinking differently, by focusing on our why, and then looking at the what and finally how. All of this is available to anyone. When you're growing your life, what got you here is not going to take you to your next destination. And that's the fun of it. It is your journey. You are never too late for your journey. You are never too late to live a phenomenal life, to change course, to do differently. And money is simply a tool to help you in that manner. How you use this tool is all about the relationship that you have with yourself and others. So I'm wishing you abundance, sending a high five and all my best, and I will see you next time. Are you ready for coaching? Ready for more in your life? Want to see what's possible? Then message me at Facebook, Dina George MD Coaching. I look forward to hearing from you.